Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the podcast. And today, I'm going to do my review of AEW's Dynamite. Starting off the evening, we go to our first match of the night. It is a Continental Classic Tournament matchup. It is John Moxley versus Jay Lethal. I thought this was a good match, man. Uh, back and forth matchup between Moxley and Lethal, with Lethal and Moxley both exchanging in the middle of the ring. Jay Lethal was keeping the pace of the match. Lethal applies a figure four leg lock, but Moxley breaks the hold. Moxie then hits a paradigm shift on Lethal, as well as a pile driver, and then Moxie ultimately applies a submission hold on Jay Lethal. Lethal taps out, and your winner of the match is John Moxley. John Moxley earns three points, which now is a total of six points in the Continental Classic Tournament. Hats off to Moxley for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we have Tony Schiavone backstage interviewing Sting. Uh, Sting uh, Tony Schiavone talks about you know, the history of Sting, stuff like that. Um, but he also, Tony Schiavone mentions uh, Revolution. Uh, Revolution was announced last night for March 3rd in Greensboro, North Carolina. Now, this arena is pretty much, this area, I should say, is synonymous with Sting and his professional wrestling career. Obviously, Sting has a lot of uh, ties to Greensboro, North Carolina from his time uh, and his tenure in WCW. He's had a lot of great matches, a lot of great moments in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, he's also joined by Ric Flair. Uh, Ric Flair talks about Sting's last match, uh, as well as the history with Sting. Sting even mentioned some of his history in Greensboro as well in the matches that he's had there. Flair then hypes up Sting, but it also seems like Flair was kind of drunk before he came out to do this promo. So, again, man, this is, you know, this whole thing with Sting, it's it's phenomenal. You know, Sting's had a hell of a career stemming back from his early days in WCW, obviously, um, you know, TNA, WWE, and obviously AEW. I think AEW, his AEW run's been phenomenal. Um, you know, but Sting, you know, he's calling it a career. Sting's calling it a career at Revolution. I thought Revolution was actually going to be booked in February, so it looks like it got moved back to March 3rd. Um, and that's Sting's last match. Now, we don't know who Sting's going to compete against in his last match. I hope Darby Allen is a part of that match. And to me, honestly, it'd be great for Sting to kind of pass the torch to Darby Allen. You know, Darby Allen has a lot of respect for Sting. And Sting has a lot of praise and respect for Darby Allen. So it'd be great to see if, you know, Sting can kind of pass the torch to Darby Allen and Darby Allen can be the new age Sting, if you will. Um, but this is great, man. This is great news for Sting. Um, obviously, the fans as well. You know, everybody thought Revolution was going to be in February. That got pushed back to March. Um, and it being in Greensboro, North Carolina, you know, Sting has a lot of ties to that area. Um, like I said earlier, from his, you know, tenure that he had with WCW. So it's great to see Sting's last match, you know, kind of where it all began for Sting in Greensboro, North Carolina. So I'm definitely excited to see that. I'm definitely excited to see Revolution as well. Uh, moving on from that, we have another Continental Classic Tournament matchup. It is Roosh versus Mark Briscoe. I thought this was a great match. Uh, back and forth matchup between Roosh and Briscoe. Roosh and Briscoe then both exchange serious chops in the ring. Briscoe then hits an elbow drop off the apron, kind of Cactus Jack style, if you will, on Roosh. Briscoe was keeping the pace of the match. Briscoe then hits an exploder suplex on Roosh in the middle of the ring. Briscoe then hits a spear on Roosh for a near fall, as well as an enziguri. And Briscoe hits a froggy bow for a near fall on Roosh. But Roosh ultimately hits the finish on Mark Briscoe, pins for the three. And your winner of the match is Roosh, and Roosh receives three points in the Continental Classic Tournament. Moving on from that, we have an MJF segment. MJF comes down to the ring. He talks about World's End and how he will be defending the AEW World Championship against Samoa Joe. 
MJF then also says he has a lot of respect for Joe and that he kind of paved the way for a guy like himself to get in professional wrestling. He also mentions TNA and how much Samoa Joe made an impact in TNA. He also praises Joe's work. MJF says that World's End is going to be all about his legacy and what he's done in AEW and build up AEW brick by brick. After he says this, the lights go out and then the lights start flashing in the middle of the ring. MJF looks confused and then all of a sudden the devil's goons or henchmen, if you will, were in the ring pretty much holding back MJF. There was also another big guy a part of this uh, entourage for the devil, if you will. He looked pretty big. Uh, he was holding a baseball bat. Looks like he was going to strike MJF with this bat. And then Samoa Joe comes out to the ring to save MJF. And then on the Titantron, if you will, there was a message, I guess, from the devil saying that, you know, kind of playing mind games with MJF and that MJF and Samoa Joe will face a mystery tag team next week. Now, this is very interesting for a bunch of reasons. Number one, obviously, this devil... Uh, segment or devil storyline, if you will, has been probably one of the best things going right now in AEW, uh, and it's a great storyline. Uh, but that, with that being said, you know I mentioned this multiple times now for the past few weeks uh, about who I think the person in the devil mask could be. Now I will say this: the the gentleman that was in the ring, the the big guy, if you will, um, looks a lot like Wardlow, um, and it was kind of ironic because. After this segment happened with MJF, Warlow had an impromptu match against AR Fox, which I'll get into in a minute. Um, it does look like Warlow is a part of this uh, henchman crew, if you will, for the person in the Devil's Mask. So, you know, it, right, right now, all I do know is this: it is not going to be the, the I'm spe you know specifically I'm talking about the person in the Devil Mask here. Um, I don't think it's going to be you know somebody that AEW is going to you know, acquire here probably in the next few months. It's not going to be a Mustafa Ali, a Dolph Ziggler, um, or anything else like that. Because it's already been speculated that, you know, whoever these people are, are going to be, they are uh, people on the staff for AEW. They are current superstars for AEW. So it's not somebody that's coming in as a new signee for AEW. Um, so with that being said, you know, I, I still believe Adam Cole has some kind of ties to this. Um, Wardlow, again has some ties to this. I know Warlow is trying to have a storyline with MJF for a while now. This kind of puts, you know, Warlow in a good spot as far as that storyline is concerned to kind of, you know, bring down the house, if you will, on MJF at World's End. So, again, definitely excited for next week for this tag team matchup. And MJF promises to unmask uh, one or two, if not both, of these uh, Devil's Henchmen next week. And we might get a face reveal, if you will, of one of these guys that are a part of the Devil's Henchman crew, if you will. So I'm definitely excited for that. Uh, moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is AR Fox versus Wardlow. Again, decent match. Back and forth matchup between Fox and Wardlow, with Wardlow keeping the pace of the match. AR Fox hits a 450 splash, but Wardlow gets up, hits multiple power bombs on AR Fox. Wardlow goes to the top rope, hits a senton. Off the top rope on AR Fox, and then Warlow hits another power bomb on AR Fox. Referee calls for the bell, and your winner of the match is Wardlow. Hats off to Wardlow for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It's a six-man tag team matchup. It is the Hardys and Brother Zay versus Top Flight in Action Andretti. This is actually Dante Martin's return match from a lengthy injury. Uh, it was a good match, back and forth matchup between both teams with Top Flight keeping the pace of the match. 
And Dante Martin ultimately hits the finish, pins for the three, and your winners of the match are Top Flight and Action Andretti. Hats off to Top Flight and Action Andretti for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is for the TBS Championship in a House Rules match. It is Julia Hart defending the TBS Championship against Emi Sakura. I thought it was an okay matchup. Back and forth matchup between Julia Hart and Sakura with Emi Sakura keeping the pace of the match. But Julia Hart ultimately hits a moonsault off the top rope on Sakura. Pins her for the three. And your winner of the match and still TBS champion is Julia Hart. Hats off to Julia Hart for getting a win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we have a Christian Cage segment. Christian comes out to the ring, calls out Copeland. Copeland takes his time to come out to the ring. Copeland then finally comes down to the ring. Christian is hiding behind AEW security. Then he tells the security to leave. Christian tells Adam not that he's not going to make it to Montreal and that this match won't happen between Christian and uh, Adam Copeland. Christian then talks about the old times that he had with Copeland. And so he also says him and Adam were the greatest tag team of all time. But then Christian kind of mocks Adam Copeland, talks about his family, kind of playing mind games with Copeland. Christian then goes to hit Adam with the title, but Copeland hits a low blow. And then Copeland says that he's going to be taking the TNT title off of him relatively soon. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is the main event of AEW's Dynamite. It is another Continental Classic Tournament matchup. It is Jay White versus Swerve. Um, I thought this was a good matchup as well. Back and forth matchup between Jay White and Swerve, with Swerve keeping the pace of the match. Jer uh, Jay and Swerve then both exchange. Swerve then hits a Swerve stop for a near fall. Jay White then hits a Blade Runner. And then Swerve hits a roll-up. Pins for the three. And your winner of the match... And receiving three points, now making it six points in total, is Swerve. Hats off to Swerve for getting the win in this matchup. A couple of things I want to say about Dynamite, man, before I get out of here. Uh, was it a solid Dynamite? Yeah, it was a solid Dynamite. Um, but at the same time, too, there's a lot of other things obviously going on with AEW that I kind of wanted to get, you know touch bases on. Uh, number one, being a Continental Classic tournament. Now, like I told you guys, I'm a huge fan of this tournament. Um, it has a lot of, you know, resemblance to uh, tournaments from, you know, All Japan Pro Wrestling, which I mentioned to you guys before, especially when it pertains to the Triple Crown, the three championships, and, you know, All Japan Pro Wrestling was known for that. Um, and several great, you know, AJPW talent has held that belt. You know, guys like Misawa, Kawada, Stan Hansen, you know, just to name a couple guys that have held that championship. So uh, it's kind of the same basis tournament that we're getting now with this Round Robin Continental Classic Tournament in AEW, which I'm all for. Uh, with that being said, though, with the names in this tournament, and I mentioned this a couple of times now for the past couple of weeks since this tournament took place, that there are some names within this tournament that I wasn't too keen on being in this tournament. You know, Jay Lethal and uh, Brody King. Now, Brody King, you know, he won fair and square against Eddie Kingston, and that was a shock to a lot of people. But if we're looking at Brody King compared to Malachi Black, I think Malachi Black would have fit perfectly more in this tournament than Brody King. Not taking anything away from Brody King. I think he's a great athlete, a great competitor, and I think he's going to do really well in this tournament. But when it was initially announced, I was like, eh, I don't know why they why they, you know, brought in Brody King for this tournament. But, you know, right now he's got three points, so again, sky's the limit for Brody King. Jay Lethal, on the other hand, I was very surprised by, you know, them adding him to this tournament. And for what it's worth, man, they're making Jay Lethal look like a jobber in this tournament, man. He's taking massive L's. 
um, so far in these tournament matchups, man. And my thing is with this tournament, and I mentioned this when this tournament was announced, that I wanted to, I wanted there to be surprises. I wanted there to be something like you didn't think that person was going to lose, that you know uh, underdog had beat you know one of the top AEW guys like Marsh, you know Mark Briscoe beating John Moxley or vice versa, you know something like that, or injuries play out in this tournament. Like for example, Swerve. I have a lot of praise for Swerve. I think Swerve is going to be a future AEW World Champion, and he should be. Uh, but he just had a brutal matchup with Adam Page in that Texas Death Match. I mean, it was brutal. So to me, to play off that Texas Death Match, you know, I'm sure you know Swerve probably had some injuries or some minor injuries during that match. I would have played into that, you know, and have Swerve, you know, kind of be injured, if you will, or actually is injured, and kind of play that off into a storyline because it's like, all right, well, Swerve, you know, went through hell with Adam Page. But he keeps getting better and better every single time we see him, and he is. I mean, I think Adam Pay. I think Swerve is getting better with time. I really do. I think Swerve will be future AEW World Champion. It's only a matter of time. Now, the way the tournament's kind of based right now, it, it does seem to believe that Swerve could be in the finals. But on the flip side of that coin, you also have guys like Brian Danielson, John Moxley, and you also have Eddie Kingston. You know, Kingston kind of had a promo. Not a promo, but it was like a backstage segment from Collision that happened this past Saturday after the loss from Brody King. And he was talking about his matchup that's going to happen next week uh, against Brian Danielson. It's actually Brian Danielson's return match since he broke his uh, orbital bone in a match I believe he had with Andrade, if I'm not mistaken. So, again, you know, the, the tournament's great. I think the tournament's a great, you know, it's great for AEW. It brings a lot more spotlight on both Dynamite and Collision. And hopefully it does raise the ratings if people care about that for both Dynamite and uh, Collision. The other thing I'm going to talk about, obviously, is Sting. And I mentioned this earlier in the podcast. Um, you know, I think Sting's a great addition to, you know, he obviously he's a great addition to AEW. I think what uh, Sting has done in his tenure so far with AEW has been absolutely flawless. Uh, he's had great matches, great moments. Um, obviously, him teaming up and having an alliance with Darby Allen has really elevated Sting's career. And it's also helped out Darby Allen because Darby Allen, you know, having that kind of guy that, that, you know, that's, you know, him being a student of the game and being so young still in AEW, what better guy to get advice from than, you know, the legendary Sting himself. So I think that really benefits both Sting and Darby Allen. And to be honest with you, when this Revolution thing was announced from Tony Schiavone last night, you know, with Revolution not being in February and then being pushed back to March and being at Greensboro, North Carolina, I mean, like I said earlier, Sting has a lot of ties to that area um and at one point you know you gotta understand back in the day wcw from what i understand you know before ted turner took it over and you know made it wcw uh into the powerhouse that it was you know obviously it was nwa and early stages of wcw before turner took over and you know greensboro north carolina is not only synonymous in pro uh, professional wrestling but synonymous with wcw you know, you had Jim Crockett and the Jim Crockett promotions that were kind of based out of that area. So, and Sting did a lot of work with Jim Crockett. Uh, Jim Crockett promotions, you know, they ran the Atlanta, you know, the Georgia area, North Carolina, South Carolina, those kind of areas uh, for Jim, Cro uh, Jim Crockett promotions. And predominantly, a lot of their matches were held in, uh, you know, Charlotte or Greensboro, North Carolina. North Carolina was a hotbed at one point for professional wrestling, especially when it pertained to, like, Flair and the Four Horsemen, I mean, they went up and down the Carolinas uh, back in the day during the Jim Crockett promotion days. So, and Sting was a part of that. Sting was definitely a part of that and a part of Jim Crockett promotions and the run that he had with, you know, obviously early WCW days and, you know, obviously the Ted Turner days with WCW. So, I mean, 
he has a lot of allegiance, if you will, to his time in WCW. So it's great to see Sting back in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, it's great for the fans down there in Greensboro as well. And this is a chance to see Sting's last match. Now, do I think Sting is going to be completely away from AEW? No. I, do I think his in-ring career is done? Sure. But I think Sting would be a, still a great ambassador for AEW, and I think it's something that I think AEW definitely needs in the foreseeable future. Uh, the other thing I want to get into, obviously, the big elephant in the room, is the whole storyline with the devil and the devil mask and MJF. This was the first time that we actually seen since this whole thing started with this devil mask and who was the devil and who was the devil's henchman. This was the first time that we actually seen this henchman kind of go to attack MJF. So that was already interesting, number one. Um, but I, again, man, like I mentioned earlier, you know, there's a lot of loopholes within this storyline. Like, you know, who was the big guy in the ring? Was it Wardlow? You know, some people, I've even heard some people say it might have been Parker Bordeaux. Um, who was, I don't know if he's still signed with the company or not. I haven't seen him in a while. So again, who knows if it's Parker Bordeaux or not. I, I personally believe it's Wardlow just because it fits the storyline because Wardlow has mentioned multiple times since he's been back that he has some unfinished business with MJF and he wants to destroy MJF's world. So this is a great way to put Wardlow into the storyline to kind of bring the house down on MJF. Now the rest of the entourage, if you will, uh, hopefully we get some kind of face reveal next week when Samoa Joe's teaming up with MJF versus Mystery Tag Team. And MJF has promised to unmask one, if not both, of these mystery people that he's going to be facing up against next week in this tag team matchup. So that might give us some more signs on who this may be. I personally don't believe it's anybody that's coming into AEW. Now, and again, we don't know if, if Tony Khan's going to sign any more talent right now. I know there's a lot of Rumors and speculation, I know, obviously, a lot of people are talking about Mustafa Ali, Dolph Ziggler, Matt Riddle, uh, Shelton Benjamin. You know, they all recently have been released from WWE, and I believe their non-compete clause ends December 21st this year. Um, so in the next, what, three, four weeks or something like that. So, it, it, you know, again, they could sign one of those people to bring into AEW, but I don't think that's the person behind the Devil's Mask. I think that person behind the Devil's Mask is going to be Adam Cole. And I'd be very surprised if it's not, because it just fits the storyline perfectly. Um, but with that being said, I mean, it's it was cool to see, obviously, to see the henchmen kind of attack MJF for the first time. And we're going to get a, uh, a tag match with MJF and Samoa Joe teaming up against this mystery tag team, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, Christian Cage. I want to get in a little bit of Christian Cage news as well. Christian Cage had a great segment last night uh, trying to, you know, pretty much ease the tension between himself and Adam Copeland. And Copeland's doing a hell of a job, man. I think this match between Christian and Copeland, I believe it takes place next week uh, on Dynamite for the TNT Championship. I'm all for Copeland beating Christian for this belt. And I know a lot of people are like, why would you have Christian drop the belt? Not for nothing. I Look, I have a lot of praise for Christian. I think some of the stuff that Christian Cage has done as of late has been great. Uh, but Adam Copeland, the belt needs to be defended more. In, in my honest opinion, the belt needs to be defended. And I think Copeland would have kind of have that mindset of having open challenges for this belt and, you know, defend this belt. And I think Copeland would be a great catalyst for being a TNT champion. I'm not saying Christian Cage and what he's done hasn't been perfect. I mean, I think a heel Christian Cage is perfect. Um, but, you know, right now I feel like some of that steam's getting taken away just a little bit from Adam Copeland, especially the promo that he cut last night against Christian. Um, so I'm all for if Copeland does happen to beat Christian for the TNT championship next week. Do I think it will happen? I hope it will happen, but odds are it probably won't. And maybe, you know, Nick Wayne or Lucha, or I'm sorry, Prodigy or Killswitch might get involved. Who knows? 
Um, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing Copeland become the new TNT champion. Um, and again, like I said, I touched base on the Continental Classic tournament as well. The other thing I want to talk about quickly and briefly is AEW as a whole. Um, obviously, everybody got the news of CM Punk joining WWE. And a lot of people have mentioned that because of this, AEW is going to die and lose their TV deal and everything else like that. So I kind of wanted to give my opinion on this you know, TV deal and CM Punk stuff. So let's start with a TV deal situation. There has been a lot of speculation with AEW as far as you know the TV rights deal coming up and stuff like that. Are they going to sign with Time Warner? Is Time Warner going in a different direction? Now, speaking of the AEW, or I should say Time Warner going in a different direction, there has been a lot of speculation and rumors going around from people that I've talked to personally that have said that there could be a very good chance that Monday Night Raw might be joining the likes of Time Warner. And Time Warner might want to, you know, might want to acquire Monday Night Raw. Now, this could be a humongous problem for AEW. And I'll tell you why. Obviously, it's competition. Whether people like it or not, I know there's obviously people out there that have tribalism. You know, there's AEW elitist and there's, you know, obviously WWE elitist. I am neutral. I know I cover only AEW and Collision. And the main reason why I do that is because I was a huge fan of AEW. I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not a huge fan of WWE. It's just AEW was the alternative. And I was looking for an alternative. And that's what I got with AEW. Um, but right now, you know, WWE, they're cooking with gas right now. You know, they're cooking with gas, obviously acquiring CM Punk, the return of uh, Randy Orton after being out for 18 months with injury. You know, it all seems ahead right now for WWE. And like I told you guys the other day, WrestleMania season is definitely going to be heating up uh, with obviously them acquiring CM Punk and the return of Randy Orton. So I'm definitely looking forward to WrestleMania this year, and I might actually cover WrestleMania this year. Um, but when it pertains to the TV deal, I mean, if Monday Night Raw does happen to do business or vice versa with Time Warner, it could definitely hurt AEW, uh, especially the relationship between Time Warner and obviously the executives over there in Time Warner and Tony Khan. Um, and for what it's worth, obviously there is a war between both AEW and WWE, when it's, especially when it pertains to Triple H and Tony Khan. And I'm going to point the finger more at Tony Khan on this because Tony Khan has done some cringy stuff when it comes to how he feels towards WWE. Um, so that, uh, that trust might go out of the window and that respect might go out of the window if Time Warner happens to sign a deal to bring in Monday Night Raw as a part of their programming. Uh, the other, obviously, TV deals for WWE that have been mentioned is Amazon Prime and FX. So, again, you know, it's the top three choices right now for Monday Night Raw. And hopefully, Time Warner doesn't get into uh, a deal with Monday Night Raw because it might actually hurt AEW pretty badly. Um, but with that being said, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, I, a lot of people want AEW just to die and go away. And then we go back to just having WWE. Look, man, at, at the end of the day, you know, WWE... It's a global brand, synonymous professional wrestling. A lot of great talent has walked through the doors of WWE. Phenomenal ta you know, talent, legendary talent that have walked through the doors for WWE. And I don't have to mention those names. You guys, if you guys are here and you guys watch this podcast, which I'm very grateful for, you guys know the type of talent that has walked through the doors of WWE. Guys like Austin, Rock, Brett, Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage. I mean, the list is endless. Um, but as of right now, we need an alternative, and AEW kind of fits that mold right now in the States because we don't have anything else. You can say Impact Wrestling, but uh, no, they're not the alternative, man. Um, and if you're, if you're a TNA Impact fan, look, God bless you. 
You know, I've mentioned this multiple times about TNA. I was a fan of TNA back in the day as well. But when TNA actually meant something and was actually damn good, when they had Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, uh, Beer Money, you know, it was a great tag team as well. Abyss, Kurt Angle, you know, Booker T, Sting, you know, when they were actually really, really good um, and booking great matches. But they're not the alternative. Um, but AEW needs to be, it still needs to be around regardless. And, and to be honest with you, people saying that AEW needs to die and go away, it's ridiculous, man. Why would you want that? Why would you not want an alternative? You know, even with current WWE talent right now, you know, there's a lot of speculation that some talent still might leave that are not happy with, you know, WWE. Drew McIntyre's name has come up multiple times. There's been no contract talks between both McIntyre and WWE and vice versa. And a lot of people are saying that, you know, especially after the return, you know, the return of CM Punk, that Drew McIntyre might just want to, you know, leave and go somewhere else. It's a possibility. Uh, there's probably other talent on that on that roster right now that are not being used that probably want to leave too. I know Claudio had mentioned something about Sheamus recently on Twitter or X, if you will, and a lot of people are saying, oh, we might get the re- reunion of the bar. Sheamus would be great in AEW. I think Sheamus has, you know, a lot of still left in the tank and... Yeah, WWE is really not using Sheamus right now. I don't know if he's injured. Um, but again, it kind of, you know, sparked my attention when Claudio made that comment about Sheamus. And a lot of people were saying, oh, we might get a reunion of the bar. I'm all for it. You know, I'm all for it. Obviously, a lot of people are like, well, I'm getting tired of, you know, Tony Khan bringing in this old WWE talent or these scraps that WWE didn't want. For what it's worth, man, some of those scraps actually would fit well into AEW. Mustafa Ali was number one on my list. I think Ali coming into AEW could have some phenomenal matches. Ali versus Darby Allen, Ali versus Ray Phoenix, Ali versus, I mean, Kenny Omega. I mean, the the, the list is endless. Uh, Shelton Benjamin. Again, I know a lot of AEW talent wants Shelton on the roster. I, and if you bring Shelton in, that's great. But I would have Shelton align himself up with the Blackpool Combat Club and be a part of that stable. It'd be perfect for Shelton Benjamin. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but like I said, man, I mean, it's going to be an interesting end of the year for AEW, especially, you know, with this whole devil mask stuff like that. I mean, it needs to pay off. Um, and that that is definitely something that could cripple AEW as well. If this doesn't go out with a bang, as far as the storyline with the devil mask is concerned, I mean, it could definitely bite you know, the head off the snake, if you will, for AEW. Um, and hopefully it does pay off. And it's one of the best storylines, if not the best storyline right now on AEW television. So hopefully Tony Khan and AEW can deliver on the storyline because they need it. And, you know, and the other thing too, and I mentioned this last week, you know, people want AEW to die and stuff like that. Look, for what it's worth, you know, there's some talent on AEW that if they were to leave and jump ship to WWE, it would kill that brand. And number one come to mind, the number one person that comes to mind is MJF. If MJF doesn't happen to sign his contract or re-signs with AEW and goes off to WWE, yeah, that that might be what cripples AEW as a whole. And MJF is a household name for AEW. He is the flagship person right now for AEW, and he's carrying that company on his back as of right now. He is the one of the best things going, if not the best thing going right now in AEW. Hands down. Storyline base, uh Mike skills, wrestling alone. I mean, he is a household name for AEW. When you think of MJF, you think of AEW. And if MJF leaves and says and he says he's going to WWE, it could possibly cripple the company. You know, and the other thing too obviously is the TV deal rights. You know, if if Time Warner doesn't pick up AEW, 
Um, and, you know, obviously the TV talk, the contract talks with television and Time Warner and, you know, Warner Media want to go in another direction and actually go with WWE and Monday Night Raw and acquire Raw. Again, this could cripple AEW as far as what are they going to do? I, I'm sure they'll get another TV deal. But the problem with that is, is where would they go? And two, they're not, Tony Khan's not going to get the money that he truly wants to get from AEW. You know, Tony Khan wants to, you know, he wants millions, man, for AEW. Absolutely. Um, and who knows? It, it, you know, obviously Monday Night Raw acquiring, you know, or WWE acquiring CM Punk, it might sway Time Warner's decision. Maybe Time Warner are humongous CM Punk fans. And now that, you know, Monday Night Raw's TV deals are coming up and they're going to be in, in TV talks with other companies, this might sway Time Warner's decision and they want to still do business with CM Punk and WWE. And this could be something that Triple H and WWE and Nick Khan pulled and said, you know what, we're going to get Punk because it's going to help us with TV deal rights in the foreseeable future. It, it possibly could be. We have no idea what's going to happen with AEW television moving forward or Monday Night Raw for that matter. You know, obviously NXT was announced and they got a TV deal with the CW Network and it looks like CW Network's doing some big things. Um, from what I understand, it looks like they're still working with NWA after all that stuff happened on NWA's last pay-per-view. Uh, it looks like they're still doing work, uh, business with NWA Power, which is great. And C uh, CW Network acquired the TV rights to NXT. So, you know, C CW Network's cooking with gas right now, man. So we're going to see what happens. But all in all, it was a solid dynamite last night. Uh, I definitely look forward to what's going to happen next with MJF. Obviously, we got this great tag team matchup next week, this mystery opponent for both MJF and Samoa Joe. And hopefully, hopefully we get a face reveal of who these people might be that align themselves up with the person wearing the devil's mask. But with that being said, this is my review of AEW's Dynamite. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful and remember, stay classic. Peace.